Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumb Cast. In this, the high noon of season five, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on every goddamn page of MT2, the Weird Weird West, the second in a trio of time travel adventures for TSR's Marvel Superheroes RPG. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. The Weird Weird West was written by Ray Winninger and published in 1989 by TSR. Today we're discussing page 42 of The Weird Weird West. This page begins a climax of sorts in this adventure, chapter 25, The Crozar Assault. This chapter is the low-rent Helm's Deep of this adventure. This is the moment when the assembled forces of humanity hold the mountain pass against the rubber lizard alien forces long enough, they hope, for us to fight or sneak our way through the Crozar lines, re-enter the Crozar camp, and neutralize the beta bomb, which threatens to kill 400,000 innocent historical stereotypes if we do not intervene. Also about a half dozen 20-story dinosaurs, but fuck those dinosaurs. Their stat blocks are bad and they deserve to die. I take you to the moment of truth. Quote, Just as expected, the Crozar are coming out in force, right up through the area that was formerly controlled by Alexander the Great. The troops stationed in the region of the assault do their job and quickly relay a message back to the main army which should have no problem getting into position in time to reinforce the defense. The human soldiers have their work cut out for them, because of the amazing technological edge enjoyed by the Crozar. Yet the humans outnumber the aliens by almost five to one, and are led by three of the greatest military minds in Earth history. The Crozar seem to be caught off guard by the humans' sudden alliance. They expected to meet only Alexander's troops here. Hooray, hooray, go Team Earth! USA! USA! But despite the heroism of the human forces, they will not last forever against the superior firepower of the Crozar, Notably, there's no mention of the Mongols even having bows. The Hoplites have javelins, but the javelins can't hurt the Crozar. We didn't talk about it, but the Napoleonic forces' guns are pitifully inefficient. They can only fire every other round, and they only do five points of damage, which is less than a six-shooter, and not enough to have even a chance of harming the Crozar. Uh, meanwhile, the Crozar are armed with long-range weapons, including lasers that will readily penetrate the armor of any of these forces. Say what you will about those pathetic laser pistols, they too do less damage than a six-shooter, but they do ignore a couple of ranks of body armor, so it's going to take them like eight rounds of concentrated fire, but a laser gun will eventually kill a regular human being out here on the battlefield, which is slow, but not as slow as never, which is when javelins or Napoleonic rifles will kill a Crozar, barring the special cutscene powers that the Hoplites had earlier. So the human forces, they're playing their part, but they're just a delaying tactic. The true job is ours. The ultimate destiny of the Crozar comes down to us, and specifically comes down to whether any of us can fly. Uh, that is the dumbest thing on this page. It's time to finally talk about it, because we've got the very last piece uh, of what is a significant, pervasive tactical issue with this adventure. Most of this adventure can be flown over. It has so far been probable but not definite that the Crozar have very little recourse against flying enemies. We don't have very specific ranges for their weapons, there's no explicit statement that they don't have, for example, flying vehicles or jetpacks or something. No statement that they haven't, you know, stolen some biplanes from those asshole German dogfighters that we ran into in the desert. It was always possible, if not stated, that the Crozar had some way to fight a flying opponent. However, what we have now is the pivotal tactical situation of this adventure. The Crozar just need to get past this mountain pass to a specific point to plant a bomb. That bomb will solve all their problems. It'll destroy all of their opposing military forces. If they get the bomb to that place, they win. All they have to do is get the ball in the hoop one time. The only thing standing in their way is a large group of infantry 
who cannot fly and have no effective ranged attacks. If the Crowzar could fly at all, we would all be hiding under our desks, hoping not to be killed by the beta bomb shockwave right now. I mean, the superheroes could go try to fight the Crowzar in the air if they're able to, but like, let's say the gunslingers are here, no chance. If the Crowzar can fly, if they've got like one flying car, we're done. This establishes that the Crowzar cannot fly. If the Crowzar cannot fly, for sure, then a lot of this adventure, if we have flying player characters, can simply be flown over. I could go back and recount every time, like the random encounters in the desert, uh, the fact that flying speed is so much faster than land speed. So if you can fly, you're going to be traversing the overland portions of this adventure so much faster, which means less resource management. You're going to take less damage. You're going to spend less karma. You're not going to have to worry about the time limit so much. Most of the encounters you run into, you're just going to fly straight over, right? Like wolves, dinosaurs, crows are, cavemen, goodbye all. I can fly. I'm a superhero and I have no time for your bullshit. But rather than going back and hitting every one of those points, I'm actually going to take the example that's right before us, this chapter, because it's the perfect example. Our heroes need to make their way back through what are now defended Crozar lines, get to the Crozar camp, and get the bomb, right? In the case of the secret Zoomers, they have other business to attend to, which we're going to get to soon. They've left the gunslingers behind to deal with this part of the adventure. After all, this is like mass combat. Certainly these human soldiers can use all the help they can get. The six shooters are not great against the Crowzar, but they're better than fucking javelins. And the secret zoomers have a shot at solving this whole thing. So they're off doing something else. So it's possible that, say, the gunslingers are trying to get past Crowzar lines back to the Crowzar camp. Conversely, you could have, for example, the default characters in this adventure, the West Coast Avengers. Wonder Man can fly, Vision can fly, Hawkeye can fly in a sky cycle. And if Hawkeye's player played through all this in World War II, he discovered that that sky cycle is indispensable, either because he did bring it with him to World War II or because he didn't. Most West Coast Avengers groups should be able to arrange it so that everybody can fly. We talked about this back in all this in World War II with the approach to the evil Nazi castle. Contrast how these two groups are going to perform as they take on the Crowzar here. And we're going to get more into detail about how this all works next time. But basically, if they take the sensible route for them through Crowzar lines, they're going to face challenge number one, a heavy-duty neural stunner emplacement with a range of eight areas. They will fly nine areas overhead and pass it by. Next, they will face Crozar scouts, who will, we charitably assume, notice the characters flying overhead. As we know, rubber lizards notice almost nothing, and I'm not sure they can look up. If I think about the way a Gorn's head looks, it seems unlikely. But, assuming they see the heroes, they can maybe take pot shots with small arms. We don't have a specific range on, like, their laser pistols. Glue gun's not going to do much. And at the speed the characters can fly, the scouts basically get one chance to do a tiny bit of damage. Best they can hope for is that they get one really lucky shot with the Neural Stunner, if we assume it to have almost infinite range, and they just like point it up in the air and push the little button and it just remote control turns off one of the superheroes and they come crashing to the ground. Unlikely, but very funny. Of course, the Crowzar would then be wrecked from above by the heroes. Next up, our heroes would run into one of those 20-story dinosaurs. They would resolve this encounter by flying 21 stories above the ground and continuing on their way. Next, they would face a patrol of Crozar near the encampment. Five Crozar soldiers, standard armaments. Same situation as with the scouts. There's basically no way these five from the ground can stop you. If they even spot you at all, you don't need to fight them to get past. Maybe a couple of you take six or ten points of damage. Then you get to the camp. And as a bonus, once you get to the camp and find the beta bomb, instead of having to figure out how to like permanently disarm this thing or destroy it or whatever, you can just fly right up in the air with the beta bomb, go wherever you want to go, and leave it there. Somewhere out of the way, maybe come back and grab it later. Whatever you want. Do whatever you want if you can fly. And the same thing is true really throughout this adventure. The infiltration into the Crozar camp 
is an instance of good flight-proof design where it's like there's information that we need, there are things we need to explore on the ground, so even if we can fly, we need to walk to get in there, figure out what's up. Stealth becomes relevant, combat becomes relevant, but all the way from the 20-story dinosaur at the very beginning, through the encounter with the bandits, over the vast stretches of desert, to the moment when we come down from the sky like goddamn angels and land in the middle of the general's camps and say, take me to your leader, I can fly and I'm better than you, throughout this adventure, flying characters, especially in an all-flying group, are going to make very short work of what should be significant challenges. I'm shocked to be suggesting that there should be more railroading in one of these adventures, but honestly, time and space are all fucked up around Dodge City, all the landmarks are moving toward a mountain somewhere, dinosaurs are the size of buildings, Mark Twain is an android, you could have had, like, some serious wind. An out-of-control lightning storm that, like, strikes everything that's more than X number of feet off the ground. You would have had to do smaller dinosaurs, would have been a small price to pay. Or you could have had non-Crozar antagonists who can attack flying characters to at least give them a little trouble. You've got all of time and space to choose from. But the author didn't do that, and so if we've got flying heroes on the job, the destiny of the Crozar looks dim. But what if the Crozar aren't up against flying superheroes? What if they're up against mere earthbound cowboys? Or, for that matter, a mere moon knight, who doesn't happen to have a wonder man in the party to carry him. Join me next time as we discuss the sad lot of the pedestrian do-gooder on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's theme music, used under Creative Commons license, is Western Firefight 2 by Kula, whose work you can find at Kula.com. That's C-U-L-L-A-H dot com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>